Kogan Mobile is dead. What next for low-cost mobile phones? We'll discuss that this week on Your Tech Life. Hosting for Your Tech Life, proudly provided by Web Central. Everything technology, from computers to mobile phones, TVs and the internet. Information you want, want. all the help you need. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. And thank you for listening. Episode one, 202. Thanks for listening all along, or thanks for joining me this week for the first week. doesn't matter. Yourtechlife.com is the website, the place to go to get in touch, to say g'day. This program is all about informing you about technology news, information, and helping you with the technology in your life. I'm here to help you. If you want to get in touch, just send me an email. Go to the website, yourtechlife.com, which takes you to eftm.com.au, um, where you'll find technology news information as well as a whole stack of other things. Or you can pick up the phone and call 1-800-157-157, leave me a message. We'll get you on the show. We've got a couple of calls tonight, um, not the least, about Kogan Mobile. Um, It's all thanks to the good people at Garmin, Garmin Satellite Navigation and GPS Technologies. You can check them out at garmin.com.au. Also tonight, I want to touch base with our good friends at Intel and talk about their fourth-generation processors. They're, They're really hitting the shelves at the moment. So what do you look for when you're buying a laptop? What are the questions you ask the retailer? Um, How do you know you're getting value? And what do you really need from your laptop or Ultrabook? So we'll talk to uh, Anna Torres about that a little later in the show. Um, But really, really dominated today by Kogan Mobile. We talked last week about the fact that they'd had to put their prices up and then there was more court dramas. Um, the, the, The company in between, Kogan and Telstra, ISP1, had uh, had to go to the federal court to get an injunction about against Telstra shutting them down. Uh, that That's pretty serious. Telstra was owed millions of dollars. The problem is that company, ISP1, this week went into voluntary administration. And when they did that, they severed the contract with Telstra, leaving Kogan stranded. Aldi Mobile, who operated exactly the same way, did a deal with Telstra to maintain their service. Now, I don't know for, for sure why Kogan didn't do the same, but I would suggest Aldi's burning money over the next couple of months, and I personally don't know that the $35 plan that Aldi have will survive the next few months. They'll probably get rid of that and just phase it out, whereas Kogan didn't want to take the risk, and in the end just said, sorry. Um, and they, they said in their email to customers, we're devastated, but they had to move on. So Kogan Mobile customers literally, as we speak, getting text messages from Telstra saying, you can't recharge, um, you need to port your number away to another carrier, you, you've, your time's running out. So it's a disappointing time. Um, I've written a lot about it at eftm.com.au if you want to check that out. Also did a story this week with The Current Affair just to kind of give you a quick overview of what happened and where to go next. So you can check that out as well um, if you go to the Twitter uh, at Trevor Long or at Your Tech Life, um, you'll see the links there to that ACA story. So disappointing stuff, really, for the mobile networks. Disappointing for customers because those $29, $39 plans are disappearing fast. We'll also talk tonight to Joe Hanlon from Whistleout, which is a website that allows you to compare mobile phone plans. And let's see what really are the options for, for consumers. Um, that's all ahead this week on Your Tech Life. Um, thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading wherever you are, right across Australia, yourtechlife.com. And yourtechlife.com, the place to go to get in touch. Anything you want to talk about about technology, yourtechlife.com. Let's go back to the phones. G'day, Ashley. G'day, Trevor. How are you? Good, mate. What's doing? 
Um, I was originally with Carrigan, but now they're dead. Yeah, which is a shame. Yeah, it's a big shame. Oh, you know, I'm, I think it's a disappointment for for people looking for low cost, and uh, yes. you know, it's obviously going to drive prices up over the long term. What, what what it's obviously only happened in the last few days. What? Yes. Uh, how, how did you know it happened for a start? I actually got an email from Kogan like yesterday. Yeah, about ten to five. And uh, what was your? Did you realise straight up that it was it was dead, or, or did you kind of have to read between the lines? I sort of realised it was dead, so that's why, that's why I actually went out and bought a Boost forty dollar card to, um, card this morning. Straight away, did you? you did, did you get a text from Telstra already, or you just? Ah, uh, yes, I got the text from Telstra today at half past one. All right, and so have you? Have you actually ported your number over to Boost yet? Yes, yes, did that this afternoon. Um, was it difficult? No, no, the the fellow that. What was his name? The fellow at K at um Boost. Boost was great. Oh, okay, so just over the phone, you ring up, you give yes, them the give, yes. them give them the SIM card number, give them your mobile number, and off you go. Yeah, give them the SIM card number, the mobile number that's on the SIM card, and my mobile number, and you just uh yeah, verify put your me back on hold for five minutes while I um. And tell me, after after you, you kind of hung up the phone, it was all done, how long did it take before the boost sim was active? Um, probably 10 minutes. Really? That's yep. pretty good, isn't it? Yeah. Bloody hell. And where did you buy it from? Uh, Woolworths. Right, yeah. I went to a service station today on the way home at Caltex and bought one for my wife. So, um, yes. you know, nice and yeah. easy, 40 bucks. And um, I guess forty bucks a month from here on in, mate. So yep. I mean, it's not a bad deal. Three gig of data. How much data were you using every month with Kogan? Probably one yeah. around one gig. So you're not going to notice the difference no. in the end. No. You, you'll actually find, interestingly, it's a little bit faster the speeds because they're actually using a better part of the Telstra network. So yeah. you'll actually get better speeds. So that's quite yeah. interesting. And I actually saw the story on the current affair tonight, too. Yeah, well, hopefully, you know, a lot of people saw that because, you know, we introduced a lot of people to Kogan through a current affair, yeah. and obviously it's disappointing for them all. So hopefully lots yeah. of people jump out and do what you did, mate, and, and your just experience a little bit is of, good. Just a little message. I had a phone call from uh, the scam Microsoft this afternoon. Oh, about uh, half past six. Yeah, the old scam uh, that says there's a problem with your computer. And I hung straight up on him, and the, the gore of the fellow, he, he rang me back. <laughs> Oh well, you got to give him points for trying, don't you? Yeah, but that's. Uh, I, I, I always, if I know it's something like that, I just hang up oh, straight absolutely. away. But uh, you, you, you knew it was a scam. Just a reminder to people that my, people pretend to be from Microsoft. They call you, tell you there's a problem with your computer, and that they're yeah. here to here to help. But they're really not. They're here to hack your computer or gouge money out of your credit card. So yeah, yeah. There you go. All right. Well, Ashley, glad to hear that you've got, you've got yourself sorted. Another quickly, little mate. thing. I'm actually going. I'm looking at going from an Apple to a Samsung too. Oh, the the, the Samsung smartphone. Good work. Yeah, Samsung Galaxy S4. All right. Well, um, let me know how that goes for you, mate. It's a great yeah. phone, and you'll probably love it. Well, the the only uh, I ever had a little play with it at Telstra yesterday, mm. and the only good part about it too is it's the same the same SIM card I've got in the. Um, because I'll be buying it outright too. Yep, yep, good way to go. And I'll dummy shopping around there. Good work. All right, well, um, All right. Good, good to hear your experience with uh, with ending with Kogan wasn't as bad as it might have been, and uh, no. I hope, hope it all goes well for you on Boost, mate. Thanks for getting yep. in touch. Okay, thank you. Good Bye. on you, and you can get in touch as well. Just go to the website, yourtechlife.com, or call 1-800-157-157. 
And thanks for listening. YourTechLife.com, the place to go to get in touch. Questions, problems, doesn't matter. Whatever it is about technology, YourTechLife.com, or you can call 1-800-157-157, wherever you're listening right across Australia. Now, the Kogan mobile dramas have dominated the last few weeks here on Your Tech Life, and uh, and certainly the last few days, uh, with the absolute demise of Kogan Mobile. Um, you know, I mentioned it earlier, uh, the, the company in between Telstra and Kogan, ISP1, involuntary administration and therefore um Kogan on the out on their own and uh, unlike Aldi unable to come up with a with a direct deal with Telstra to keep their customers going so Kogan mobile customers right now getting text messages saying you you now can't recharge you've got basically days to find a new new um new service so I thought I'd uh, go to the experts in this area whistle out and uh, it's a great website that actually allows you to compare plans look at all the plans that are available you know, filter what what's out there so that you can actually find the the right plan for you. And the editor of Whistle Out is on the line, Joe Hanlon. G'day, mate. How are you doing? Oh, Trev. Mate, well, I mean, just you wrote a little blog piece about this today at Whistle Out. I mean, what's happened here? What 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 would what's your assessment of what we would call the MVNO space, which is the mobile virtual network operator space, but in in layman's terms, the low cost mobile space? Is it coming to an end? No, I, I think the the low, low end of the low end space is coming to an end. Yeah, right. So what, what we're seeing is, you know, companies like Kogan uh, tried their best to go as low as possible, offer as much as, as they could and, mm. and, and go as low as, and it just didn't work out for them. Yep. Uh, and so people that I spoke to were saying this a couple of months ago that, you know, uh, it wasn't going to be sustainable over the long term. And... They, you know, the prediction was that they just had to put their prices up. Yeah. But unfortunately, the, you know, the middleman ISP1 got caught out and it's brought, you know, Kogan down and it's found, you know, everyone's still scrambling for, new, for, for a new telco. So oh, it's, it's, it's one of those really unique moments in time, though, isn't it? Because we're talking about 115,000 plus the people that are scared now of Aldi or whatever, but it's a whole stack of people that literally in the next 30-odd days have to change mobile carriers it's almost unprecedented. Um, your website must be a little bit overwhelmed because people are now needing to find a new plan. Yeah, I mean, we, we have been servicing a lot more people than we usually do. Hmm. Uh, and But, I mean, that's exactly what we're out there for. Uh, and, you know, what we try to do too, we've got all the, the search tools handy so you can plug in your own sort of search parameters. But we've also got a lot of, like, pre-made searches of mm-hmm. you know, landing pages which are re- really clearly titled to tell you what's in them. Just so that, you know, if you don't want to be mucking around with the search tools, we can sort of tell you who's offering what sorts of things and, and who's going to offer you something comparable. Because obviously people here are coming from Kogan are going to want a similar kind of deal. Uh, lots of them may want to try to stick to the Telstra network if possible. All of the things that were important to them when they switched to yeah. Kogan, they want to try to maintain. And, and, and you've, what, you mentioned the, the, the kind of pre-customized search. You've actually got a, on your mobile phone page, you've got a, a big banner. It says switching from Kogan. And, and you've got 190 options. And you can literally narrowing it down by going, okay, I want prepaid, I want postpaid. Now, you know, the website does the, does the work for you. But, you know, people, your mates, your, your family, your friends, you've been doing mobile phones for as long as I can remember. You know, you've probably seen more mobile phones than most people have ever thought might exist. Now people must, must grab you in the street or your friends over dinner, whatever, and say, what do I do or who, who's the best carrier? You know, in terms of just general general Joe, where would you send people? Is this one or two places you're sending people uh, just off the bat? Well, 
Um, there's a few things that I'm telling people. One, if you want to stick with Telstra, uh, or the Telstra network, then Boost is a good option yep. at the moment. So Boost is a good place to start looking. But um, the, other, the other thing that people don't seem to realise is just how easy it is to switch. Yeah. So um, uh, I don't know, you've heard about Yatango, which is a, a, a small MVNO. Right. They've been sort of tweeting this week about <clears throat> how you can come over to them for a 30-day risk-free trial of their network. And really, all they're doing is pointing out the fact that you, there's no contract on the network. I mean, mm. if you sign up then and you pay for something, you get a 30-day expiry on the credit. And at any time after that, you can switch again. And so what people don't seem to realize is that switching process is really easy. Yeah. You, know, you just tell the new telco what your, your phone number is. They'll put in the porting request, and it only takes a couple of hours. I, so, I spoke to someone earlier on the show who uh, today, obviously after Kogan went bust, got the boost sim, and 10 minutes after having the phone call with Boost to say, here's my details, da, 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 he was switched and he, his Boost mobile SIM was operating. It can be as short as that. It can be, frankly, it can be as long as a day. And one of the warnings I, I make at this point in time with 100,000 people changing and porting is there will be some delays. But the message broadly is if you're not on a contract... You can change every month or two if you like, and it's very easy to do. It is staggering, really, isn't it, how many people don't realise that it's just a just a simple switch between carriers. Yeah, I mean, and, and people, like the, the, the collateral that people seem to think they're held at ransom to is their, is their phone number. They think that, you know, their phone number's going to get locked up somewhere and they're not yeah. going to be able to... It's just not the case. I mean, they no. can take their phone number with them really easily. They can switch... As you said, every month or so, you can just switch to a new telco and see if it's any better than the last. Yeah. And um, yeah, in, in a situation like this, you know, most of Kogan's customers would be on 30-day expiries. Hmm. They can get out really easily, move to somewhere else, and it really won't affect them too much. Yeah, I mean, worst-case scenario, you actually really, really hate the, the carrier you go to, and you, you port away earlier than you should have. But I can't even, to be honest, I don't even know why people would hate one carrier over another other than coverage. And most people by now have made a decision that in their area, Telstra's better, or in their area, Vodafone's fine, or whatever it is. Um, the one of the things, and, and I guess this is the great thing I like about Whistleout's website, is if you want to... If you want to actually look for yourself, um, you've got a you've got a kind of a sliding scale thing where you say, okay, how many? What's your mobile phone usage? How many calls a month do you make? And you say, is it not many? Is it thirty or is it sixty? And then how much data do you need per month? And how many SMSs do you need per month? Those three things: calls, data, and SMS. They're the most important things everyone should know about themselves, really, isn't it? Because it it could be that in fact a forty dollar plan is paying too much because if you don't make a lot of calls, if you don't send a lot of texts and you only need a little bit of data, there's actually some really cool pay-as-you-go options which could end up being less than that 30 or $40 a month and that's what your plan comparison can, can show. Well, no, the, the pay-as-you-go options are really a good thing to test out with. If you went on a pay-as-you-go plan for, for a month or two months, you would get a really good idea about how many calls you actually make and how much data you actually use. I mean, you think about those pay-as-you-go plans, like with a Macim or with Yatango or similar telco providers. Yeah. Um, the rates are really, really low. You know, you're talking about 15 cent per minute calls or 12 cent per minute calls. So there's no real risk of running up, you know, hundreds and hundreds of dollars <laughs> exactly. in phone calls. Yeah. You know, on a, bill, on a single bill. 
And in doing that as an experiment, you'll actually get a really good idea about how much you spend each month before you go to recommit to a new contract. And that's one of the killers is if you're not on a um, a bill where Telstra sends you a bill telling you everything you see. So if you are on a, a prepaid now, you probably actually have no uh, appreciation for how many calls you're making or texts you're sending. You might know how much data you're using. So actually switching to one of those pay-as-you-go or Maysim or whatever it is where you're paying per call, per text, and per kind of 10 meg of data or something um, will actually give you a one-month snapshot of your usage, which, you know what, might cost you more than you're normally used to paying. But the the, the ability to set you up with the best plan is really the, the, the advantage of that, and it's good advice. So, I mean, when people come to Whistle Out, that's what, that, that's what they can do. Once they've got that information, they can, they can go and they actually find a plan that suits them. Um, just tell me quickly before I let you go, um, I mean, how do you keep up to date? I find just last night when all this Kogan drama went down, I went to all the websites trying to you know, find the, the low-cost deal that every ISP offered or every telco offered. How on earth do you keep up to date? Do you have some automated system or do you have people literally trawling the plans every day? It's it's not automated, definitely not automated. We do have people who trawl the plans every day. So, And because we actually run in four regions as well. We're also in the US, New Zealand and the UK. Right. So we have people who are constantly trawling the plans across all those different regions. Um, but because we also have a relationship with the telcos, they will tell us because they want the information to be up to date as well. Yeah, so true. More than likely, the telco will give us a call and say, you know, we're just about to change this plan, so can you make sure it's run, the sun comparison's working. Yeah, good. So, but otherwise, yeah, it's all manual data crunching. God, I wouldn't want that job. I uh, think reading mobile plans is the worst thing Isn't that anyone could pass. <laughs> Mate, seriously. One charges by minute, one charges by dollar, one. I mean, it's just stupid. There should be rules about it. But if anyone can cut through the through the mess, it's Whistle Out. Um, Joe Hanlon, editor of Whistle Out, um, good luck to the team dealing with the, the barrage of porting requests over the uh, coming days and the people that will be going to your website to look it out. If you want to check it out, go to whistleout.com.au. Thanks, Joe. No worries, thanks, And it's all thanks to the good people at Garmin, Garmin Satellite Navigation and GPS Technology. Now, one of the things I think is amazing about this stuff is golf. Garmin have a product called the Approach S1. It's a watch, right? It's valued about $199 retail. And the Approach S1, unlike any other golf GPS, combines high-sensitivity GPS receivers with a lightweight, flexible sports watch. So you've got distance information to the front, the back, the middles of the greens for like 1,250 Australian Oceania golf courses. You can measure individual shot distances, how far you're walking on the course. I mean, this is in your watch. In your watch. So $199, the Approach S1. If you've got the cash, talk about Father's Day present. If, if the dad in your world loves golf and plays a bit on the course... The Approach S1, it's a watch, and it helps him play golf. Helps him with his game. It's not going to get any better than that, so check it out at the website, garmin.com.au. And thanks for listening. Yourtechlife.com, the place to go to get in touch. Or you can call 1-800-157-157. Let's go back to the phones. G'day, Paul. Oh, g'day, Trevor. How are you? Good, mate. What's up? What can I do for you? Um... Well, I'm a long-distance coach driver. I've been listening to your episodes, and I've had, uh, had my long trips from Melbourne and Brisbane, and I listen to six or seven at a time. And Who do you drive for, Paul? Who Sorry? Do you, who do you drive for, mate? Oh, just uh, a local company here on the Central Coast. Nice um, can I name names? Or? 
Oh, you can name names, yeah. Oh, uh, Terranova Motel, they've got a 46-seat coach. Right. We go to Brisbane and Melbourne and pick up seniors and give them a good time on the Central Coast and oh, Sydney. fantastic. That's brilliant. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. And uh, one of your recent podcasts, um, you were talking... Well, you, well I, I never listened to you live at their podcast. They're mm, listening to you about this uh, Google... Oh, sorry, our Foxtel play. Yes. And uh, which is coming out, and uh, I don't have Foxtel at home, but right. uh, it'd be great to, to watch it on my iPad. Yep. And um, we're away. And the idea, the idea of Foxtel Play is that uh, for, for people like you who aren't subscribers at home, uh, you can buy a subscription, you know, 25 bucks minimum, but maybe 50 bucks you get the sport channels and things. And, and on your iPad or your computer, you can actually watch all those channels using the internet as, as the delivery mechanism. So pretty cool. Exactly, exactly. Um, I do have a question about it, whether you can help me, is um, when I do come home with the iPad, can I watch that via, I think it's called Airplay, through my Apple TV, yeah. and watch it on my large screen TV? And the answer is no. <laughs> um, ah, okay. Basically, Foxtel have disabled the Airplay feature, and, you know, right. plenty of people have got the irrits about it if you read all the blogs and websites that don't like the way companies do that. But you've got to remember... Um, if you've got a big screen TV and you want to watch Foxtel yep. on it, Foxtel want you to subscribe as a cable, you know, or satellite. So th- yep. that's why sure. they do it that way. So I, I don't begrudge them that. Um, <clears throat> it's not the best experience watching it on your iPad like it is on a 55 or 60 inch TV, but it's certainly mm. pretty darn good for the, for the money if, if you're unable to get uh, an internet, sorry, a Foxtel connection or like you, you're out and about a fair bit. I mean, pretty cool. You obviously stay overnight when you when you drive up up to Brisbane and then come back the next day, I guess. So you know, you can I just do, kick I do. back in the hotel and watch a bit of bit of TV, whatever your favourite channels are, and a great option, mm-hmm. really, isn't it? It's fantastic, and um, it's just a good thing to chill out and just to just to watch something and and then get ready for the next day. So uh, rather the, than the best news about local it too television, is which isn't that good, it's contract free, so you can just sign up and then get rid of it if you don't like it and you don't think you're getting value for money, get rid of it. But the the only other mm. piece of advice is remember it uses data, it uses three hundred odd meg per hour. Mm. Um, so make mm. sure you've got a good plan or you're on Wi-Fi. Um, that you're not paying for as well, because when you're on Wi-Fi, it's about mm. 800 meg per hour. So just be wary mm. of that, mm. and maybe sign up for the seven-day trial um, and see how it goes. Yeah, sounds like a good, good idea. Good yeah. idea. And uh, I've been in, uh, listing an interest to uh, your Kogan uh, problems and various uh. other low-cost carriers. I mean, I've been with Telstra for many, many years, and I, I sort of wince every time you talk to these people on twenty, thirty, forty-dollar plans. I'm paying like sort of eighty-nine dollars a month for my yeah. mobile phone. But I get a reasonable um, amount of uh, calls, and I get a good, um, a good uh, data um, allowance, I guess. So. Yeah. Look, I mean, you know, we talked about it a lot uh, this week uh, with the collapse of Kogan Mobile, but I think Boost is still a great option. Uh, it's run mm. by Telstra. It's on the Telstra network, and it's forty mm. bucks a month for unlimited calls, unlimited yeah. texts, and three gig of data, which is better than yeah. you're probably getting on your eighty dollar odd plan. So, still a pretty mm. good option, mate. Listen, when mm. you're behind the the wheel of the big coach, uh, what's the GPS mm-hmm. situation for you? You mentioned uh, in an email to me that um, you didn't actually did, did you not know that you can get heavy vehicle GPSs? No, I, I, as far as I've known. I've downloaded uh, waypoints and things which people put on the internet for, for where bridges are and where. Right. So you can like avoid that, bridges. You can put them into avoid but, them and whatnot. Yeah, you can. But the thing is, when you when you when you route yourself a route, say if I'm going into unfamiliar territory, huh. um, you know it, it doesn't help you. It'd be great to have a GPS that says, "Okay, I want to go from here to here. I'm a heavy vehicle. Don't put me under any bridges, or don't put me on roads which." 
which uh, won't take the limit, which which restricted. Mate, that is and, exactly um, what that Garmin, and I, I, I don't doubt. I mean, Garmin are a sponsor. I'm pretty sure most companies have a product of some sort that does it. Um, but you yeah. know, obviously, Garmin's a sponsor. I know of their product, but they're, they're mm. one. Basically, you turn it on and you go into the settings and you say, "Look, I'm a, you know, I'm I'm 30 foot or whatever it is. Uh, I'm you know mm. X ton and uh, weight, uh, length, and all those other things that you put in about your vehicle, and it literally mm. avoids." You know, it'll avoid Boundary Street at Chatswood uh, for the mm. for the low bridge. It'll avoid the tunnel if you say you've got uh, explosive goods in the back. Now you're not going to get yeah, a coach, yeah. but oh, mate, no. it's honestly, I, I think you need to speak to the boss, get the thing upgraded because mm. that's what you need in the coach. Sounds like a, sounds like, a, sounds like the go. I mean, okay, if, if you if you get onto a road by mistake, which is restricted by weight, okay, if you get caught, you can get busted with a fine and stuff. But yeah. uh, the thing that really concerns me, and I've been caught a couple of times, is go down some unfamiliar roads in a, in a city or a town, especially places like uh, Grafton. Mm. There are so many low bridges, and I'm, I'm driving a four meter high coach. Yeah. And the last thing I want to do is to take it back and tell a boss, "Well, I'll just give me a coach a haircut." You know? Yeah. By the way, it's now an open top. That's right, a convertible. <laughs> I, I noticed it. In, in... Okay, I'll, I'll look at so do you, do you remember what the model, because I'm driving along and listening to your podcast, so I don't mm. get a chance to write notes or, or things down. I just listened to it on the way there. Do you remember what the model was of that Garmin? I'm pretty, uh, I can look it up. I think it's something like the 560. Um, okay. so, so, But, you know, Garmin's got a pretty simple website, garmin.com.au, yeah. uh, and, and they categorize things there. Um, so if we go to the go to the website and you go under under explore, mm-hmm. uh, which is you know where all mm-hmm. their products are listed, um, and then mm-hmm. essentially you know you can you can sort it by feature and you'll find the one that that's mm-hmm. perfect for you. I think there is only one um, that does yeah. exactly what you want, so you probably won't have have too much of a trouble finding it. When you go to automotive, they've actually got a, a category that says trucking GPS. And there's two of them. Okay. The, the the they're actually called diesel D E with a yep. kind of accent Z L. The seven right. the, the yes. seven sixty and the five sixty. Mm-hmm. So okay. the seven sixty is the kind of top of the line. It's got free lifetime mm-hmm. maps. It's about a five hundred dollar unit, um, but it's mm-hmm. also a seven inch screen. So nice and big because obviously the, in the coach the 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 screen's further away than it is in a car. So seven inches is yep. not bad. The five sixty model is only three seventy nine. Um, and it's a five-inch screen, um, and it does say it's got free lifetime traffic in it as well. So when you're in the metro areas, oh, you get traffic it. updates. So pretty good investment, Excellent. mate, in the end for um, mm. for the for the heavy vehicle. So good luck with that, mate. I actually had a look at um, JB Hi-Fi, I think it was, a few days ago, and they, they mainly had – they didn't have any there. They just had a, a comparison yeah. chart for the Nuvi, I think it was, about six or seven different models. Yep. So the, the best way to get it is off the um, the Garmin website. Oh, I think they, I think I think certainly if you um if you go to uh, if you go to the website, um, you can at least find a dealer. Um, and, yep. and a lot of the time, and I'm typing for a specific model. There's a company called Johnny Appleseed GPS. Um, they're yeah, in know. they're in North Sydney. They've probably yep. got the best range. Probably okay. got the best range. I don't reckon you'll find anyone on the Central Coast. Uh, that have that have got it. So trip into the city, Johnny Appleseed or one of the city stores, and um, and hook yourself up, mate. You'll probably quite enjoy it. I'd love to. If you do get one, I'd love to hear about it after after you do after you've given a bit of a whirl. Certainly. Well, Father's Day is coming up, and I might hit the boss one as well because I, I do a lot of bit of a taxi driving as well. So not yeah, that right. it, uh, really matters with the uh, the heavy vehicles and the, the weight limit, but certainly on the coach. Bloody hell. Um, 
Good on Great. you, Paul. Sounds like a good idea. All I'll right. chase one up and I'll, uh, I'll, keep, I'll get, uh, keep in contact with well, you. Well, thank, thanks for downloading the back catalogue and listening all the way through, and uh, I'm glad it's uh, of, of value to you, mate, and thanks for getting in touch. You did. Okay, appreciate talking to you. Thanks very much. Good on you, and you can get in touch as well. Just go to the website, yourtechlife.com. Talking technology without the jargon. Your, your Tech, tech life. life with Trevor Long. And thank you for listening, yourtechlife.com, the place to go to get in touch, or you can call 1-800-157-157, wherever you're listening, right across Australia. Now, something um, we end up kind of doing regularly here, and when I say regularly, it's probably an annual thing, um, talking to the good people at Intel about buying a computer, because it's something that not everyone's doing every year, but it's something that a lot of people are thinking about every single day, whether you've got a three-year-old computer, a two-year-old computer, or a five- or older-year computer. You're looking at the shops and you're thinking, is that the right deal for me? Which one do I choose? It's in my top three questions of all time. Which laptop do I buy? So uh, joining me on the line, Intel's marketing manager, Anna, Anna Torres. Good day. How are you, Anna? Hello, Trevor. Good, thank you. Thanks for having me on. Anytime. You know that. The door is always open. Now, <laughs> Intel powering all the gear that we've got, right? Now, the common question I get is, what do I buy and how do I decide what to buy? And I think the best thing that ever happened was Intel going down the path of these uh, core processors, which were i3, i5, and i7. And in fact, I, I can clearly remember still, it's you know probably three or four years ago now, sitting down with you and Kate, um, talking uh, talking me through it. And it was like the 3 Series, 5 Series, and 7 Series BMW. The, more, the, the bigger the number... Um, the more the power, the more capabilities and those kind of things. And they're all still very valid today. And the thing is, though, we're now in the fourth generation of those processes. And it's kind of getting difficult for, for me to think about encouraging people to get the latest versus the one that is literally just weeks old um, mm-hmm. and may offer them a better value. So let's firstly talk about value proposition in the store. So I, I go into JB Hi-Fi or Harvey Norman and there's a whole bunch of laptops there and probably Ultrabooks because they're, they're dominating the market. There's there's mm-hmm. one there that's, let's I'm just random prices, but let's say one's 600 and one's uh, 1200 or maybe close to that, okay. 800 and 1200 because one of them's last year's chip and one of them's this year's chip. What, why Why would I go for this year's and who might still go for last year's because they're still good value? No, definitely. So every year, so what we do at Intel is every year we bring out a new um, generation of processors. So basically... Um, typically what you would see is always it's faster. That's always better performance every year. But I guess one of the key reasons why you would buy a fourth generation processor is it's really Intel's best battery life performance to, in, in Intel's history. Yeah. So if your key thing is, for instance, being mobile, so you're using your um, notebook on the train or wanting long battery life, that's really a key thing for you to go after because it really has dramatic battery life performance this year. And with that, um, it also brings a very thin form factor because we've brought a lot of innovation into the chip. Mm. So you're getting also thin and fanless designs. So for the first time, you're seeing some fanless designs, Trevor, mm. at around the 12 to $1,600 mark. So that really means thin, light, less than a kilo. So you're really looking for, you know, your kind of highly specced, latest and greatest. You can also touch the screen in most cases with Windows 8, so you're really going to get some trade envy if you buy that new fourth-generation processor. For someone that's about to shell out you know, over $1,000 for a new Ultrabook uh, laptop computer here, mm-hmm. um, this is a big purchase for them. It's probably a once-in-a-three- or four-year purchase. I'm standing in the mm-hmm. store, and there's a salesman. He's pushing me towards one or the other. What's the question I ask, or what's the, what's the thing I look at to understand that I've got 
the latest. I've got the fourth gen processor because it's it's the one I want to future proof myself so that I've you know got that extra year under my belt. It's kind of like you don't want to buy a 2012 model car in December because next month there's a 2013 model. Probably the easiest thing is before you go into the store, go into intel.com.au and have a look at the latest processor badges. So if you have a laptop, you know, you normally have an Intel sticker that's on there. So look for the Intel sticker. And the badge for the fourth gen processor, the latest one, is different to third gen. That's probably the easiest way to, to tell them apart. Mm. And then obviously ask a salesperson to point out to you which is the fourth generation and the third generation. And you should be able to easily tell that anyway. A, the price point, you know, you'll have a higher price point normally for the fourth generation. And also, as I mentioned before, you'll probably also get some much nicer looking innovation in the in the design of the laptop, you know, thinner, lighter. It could be a two-in-one device where you have the keyboard that could detach or, you know, dual screen. They're kind of more, I guess, like there's more innovation in the fourth generation range of laptops. Um, but definitely if third generation, if you're someone that's going to most likely just leave your laptop at home, or it could be, you know, a second or third or fourth one for the home, or you're passing on, hmm. or you're passing it on to your kid. You know, you might. There are, as you mentioned, really good deals going on on third gen at the hmm. moment. So, you know, it really depends on your on your own usage model, I guess, and how long you want to hang on to it for. So, your average, um, you know, your average Australian consumer hangs on to a laptop for about three to four years. Right. But if you're looking to refresh, you know, in a couple of years. You know, you may go for a third gen for better value and then look for the next innovative thing in two years' time again. Because, and it's like mobile phones. People say to me all the time, oh, my goodness, that that company's bringing out another mobile phone. I've got last year's. It's like, you know what? Last year's is still a great phone. Um, it'll <laughs> still, like, if you buy an Intel Core i7 third gen processor uh, in either mm-hmm. an Ultrabook or, or any other notebook today, it's still going to do great video editing. It's still going to do all those things that you, you could and should be able to do with um, with a, an i7 processor. But just be wary that if you bought the fourth gen, if you spent that extra money, it's going to go mm-hmm. super, It's going to go so much faster. Um, it is quite amazing the generational skip you're able to create with those the year-on-year developments. The, the 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 advances that are being made are quite amazing. But I think from what you just said, the benefit here is. Go in informed. So if you walk in to the store talking third gen, fourth gen, knowing that they exist, knowing that there might be two types out there that you can't see because it's under the skin, the salesman's not going to dodge you because it's not in his, his interest to actually you know dodge you in any way. It's in his interest to sell you the best product. And so if you go in talking in that lingo, you're probably going to get actually better service and feel more informed. Yeah, absolutely. So go on to intel.com.au or go on to our Facebook page as well on Intel Australia. You know, shoot any questions across to us and we'll get back to you with any answers. But really, you're right. Go in well informed and the uh, the retail salesperson will then, you know, I think be able to show you the latest range and also also think about what you're going to use it for. Yeah. You know, like you mentioned, um, Trevor, you were saying that, you know, really the one that I used last year was fine or, you know, the phone that I had two years ago, you know, it's still capable. It's definitely still capable. But if you think about, you know, a four-year-old PC, what you were doing four years ago to compare to what you're doing today is mm-hmm. really very different. Oh, yeah. Like today, you know, the norm is your HD streaming. You could be listening to music in the background. You could be running Skype and having multiple people talking to you at the same time. And all of those things really need a strong processor, you know, a, a well-performing processor. So I think, you know, things 
continuously change. You know, I know that you were at CES at the Big Geek Show in January mm-hmm. early this year where they were showing lots of perceptual computing as well. So, you know, where it feels a very minority report, it really is kind of, you know, it's coming through right now in the next 6 to 12 months where instead of typing in a password, you could have a pretty sophisticated camera on your laptop kind of, you know, facially recognize you and log you in that way and I know that you came to our Intel launch where we showed lots of things that were using gesture mm. and voice you know to to um to talk to your computer it's kind of more an innovative natural way of interacting with your computer yeah. um, but also just something to note as well you know if you bought a PC four years ago you would have easily spent more than $2,000 for a Core i7. Yeah. Um, and today, you know, as you mentioned, you could probably get a very high-end Core i7 third gen you know, for $800. So there's, like, the prices of PCs have also come down dramatically in the last four years. You know, the, the, the one thing, and you mentioned it early on, but oh, I've got to tell you, the, the, the year-on-year advances in you know, the, the, the speed it pushes out a video or something like that, they're, they're great, but it's actually very hard for the average user to see. I'll tell you the one thing... That, that blows my mind about this fourth-gen processor. And Apple were the first to whack it into a, uh, an Ultrabook or, or a laptop, um, I guess we mm-hmm. should call theirs, um, uh, it, with the MacBook Air. I've been mm-hmm. playing with this MacBook Air now for, for a couple of months. It is mind-blowing, the battery life on these things, and, and that is predominantly because of this processor. They've gone from something like five hours to nine hours on one of them and seven hours to 12 hours on another. It's... It literally whole day battery life, and we're going to see this in PCs in stores now. It's it's unbelievable, and it really means you don't have to carry your charger with you. Plus, it's already so much lighter. So yeah. you know, so many benefits to bring in with fourth generation. Oh, I, the the charger right. thing, the charger thing is, is hard for people to to kind of imagine. <laughs> uh, uh, I've ended up I've I've ended up literally having the charger sitting at work all the time. Because I only need to charge when I'm work. Because then I take the, the, the laptop home. I use it at home whenever I want. Over a whole weekend, because you're not actually sitting at your computer for 15 hours over the weekend. Over a whole weekend of on and off usage, I don't even go through the battery. So you, yeah. your charger stays in one place. Um, and, and for the rest of the time, you're on battery power. And that battery power is coming from the fourth generation processor. So if anything is important to you in terms of using a, a laptop, then look for an Ultrabook with um with fourth gen if you're after battery life because that's the one thing that that is visible from the first day you turn it on it's it's just unbelievable what um what are you seeing in terms of the products that that are coming to market you mentioned touch screen um that's mm-hmm. becoming a really important feature of windows 8 um is that becoming pretty much mandatory these days or is it still a bit of come and go and you got to ask your retailer no, I think with Windows 8, I think you should definitely take advantage of the touchscreen interface, and that is what really it is, it is designed for. And to be honest, I've only started using um, a fourth-gen Windows 8 probably about a week ago now, so I've just been starting to use touch for the first time, although it's been around for about you know eight or nine months now in PC. And I did... I did think originally, oh, I wouldn't really use touch that much. You know, I'm just typing pretty much all day. Hmm. But it's it's something that's so intuitive. So if I suddenly want to look at a photo and I want to scroll through photos, I then start using my finger, you know, or I want to expand what something looks like. I don't have to click my mouse to zoom. I'm actually just using it, you know, on, on the PC. And it's so easy and kind of natural to progress from one to the other. 
Yeah. Um, so that's definitely, touch is definitely one thing that's very different. But, you know, when we were doing a lot, whole lot of research on all these new products that are now available because of fourth gen, because of the thin and innovative designs that are coming out, you've got a whole bunch of um, manufacturers who are coming up with all different types of models. So, for instance, you know, Dell have what we call, what we like to call the Ferris wheel, so the, the, the screen that spins around. Yes, yes. So it can become a tablet or it can be a, a laptop. Sony has a slider, so like a duo slider, which actually kind of slides the keyboard in and out. Mm-hmm. Um, Asus Tai Chi have the dual screen, so you can have two screens running at the same time. Yeah. Um, so or, or detachable, so you can have the screen that actually detaches from the keyboard, and you can use it as a tablet or a laptop. And we surveyed people and said, you know, which one is your preference? Because we wanted to know, you know, which one was going to stand out from all of these different ones that were coming out. And funnily enough, when we did all these focus groups, um, everyone, it was a pretty even split amongst the preference because people told us they used it all differently. Some people mm-hmm. were on the train, some people yeah. were on the lounge, some people were in bed or just in the office. So everyone had a slightly different usage model, but they loved how different PCs were looking these days. Yeah. And I think, you know, in, unless you go into retail and actually have a play and have a look at it, you probably don't know, not, not as excited because you haven't seen them in person, but they really are just, you know, such exciting new form factors at the moment. Yeah, tablets are one thing. Ultrabooks, which are you know just super thin laptops, or another, but these these convertibles are just unbelievable. So many different options. Play with them all in the retail store, and I think bottom line here is go go to your retail store store if you're in the market for for a new um, PC uh, in any form factor. Go in informed. Talk to them about these things called third gen and fourth gen. Ask them which is which and make a decision based on what your usage is and never go to a store without thinking about what you really need it for first because if you're never going to do video editing or high-end photo editing, you probably don't need an i7 processor and I I always recommend i5 as a middle-of-the-road, great way to go. I think people are getting better informed but... um, there's still a long way to go, and uh, and retail's a tough one because when you walk into the biggest stores, there are so mm. many, so many products. It's amazing. It is, but it's a perfect time. I think to that right now it's a perfect time, as you mentioned. Third gen is running out, so there's great value and great sales in that. And then also fourth gen's coming in, so if you want the latest and greatest, fourth gen's available right now. And as always, if you've got a question about which laptop or, or which computer to buy, you can uh, you can get in touch with me. You can go to the website, yourtechlife.com, or you can call 1-800-157-157. If you're on Facebook, search for Intel Australia. Quiz the hell out of them. Uh, ask them the questions <laughs> too uh, and, uh, and make, put them to work. That's what the social team's for, isn't it? It is. Please do. We're looking forward to your questions. All right. Good on you, Anna. Thanks for the chat and uh, look forward to uh, all the success of the fourth gen and, uh, and catching up with you soon. Thanks, Trevor. And as I say, get in touch. Go to, go to the website, yourtechlife.com or call 1-800-157-157. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. Well, that's a wrap once again, episode 202. Thank you for listening, wherever you are across Australia. Don't forget, you can get in touch, 1-800-157-157, or you can go to the website, yourtechlife.com, which is also eftm.com.au. Cars, technology, lifestyle, doesn't matter what it is, uh, but all the tech news is there, uh, as well as this great podcast. Love to hear from you and uh, love to hear your experiences with moving away from Kogan. I understand lots of you are and have to. Um, So let me know how it goes. Any problems, any concerns, get straight in touch. Go to the website, yourtechlife.com, or you can follow me and reply and say good day on Twitter at Trevor Long. Um, that is where you can get me. That is where you can find me. Um, it's been a tough week for people who are on Kogan Mobile, but trust me, it'll all be behind you. It's not a difficult thing. You can pour it away. 
You can change carriers as much as you like, as Joe Hanlon said. So good advice. Check out whistleout.com.au to compare plans. And don't forget to go back to iTunes. Subscribe and rate. Say good day. Rate the podcast. Thanks for listening.